everyone. Welcome back to Tech Talk. I'm Julia Beauchamp. I am here with Ken Minkus, the executive editor of Computer World, as well as Jack Gold, the principal analyst and founder of J. Gold Associates. We are streaming live on the Computer World LinkedIn page, as well as the IDG Tech Talk YouTube channel. And today we're talking all things 5G, what it is, what it isn't, is it real? So if you have any questions, be sure to leave them in the comments below. We'll get to them during the live stream. And thanks so much for being here. So Jack, starting off, last night was the Super Bowl here in the U.S., and I saw at least, I think, three or four commercials for 5G, which knowing what I know about 5G, it seemed to lead the viewers to believe that it is completely widespread in all of the U.S. But is that really the truth? Uh, widespread, yes. Available, no. <laughs> okay. okay, interesting. Okay. So, so glass yeah, full? Yeah, elaborate yeah. on that. No, so uh, look, there are a lot of cities sp- spread around the country that have okay. some 5G capability. So when they say nationwide, you know, you can kind of say, okay, nationwide means, you know, a point here, a point there. Pocket, pocket, the place. <laughs> right, nation, pocket, yeah, exactly. Right. But can I get it at 80, 85%, 90% of the time I want it? No. Uh, not right. if you're traveling around. If you're staying in one place, sure. Uh, if you're in, you know, downtown Manhattan, if you're in downtown Boston, if you're in Des Moines, they probably have something. If you were at the Super Bowl, the, the stadium was wired with 5G. Right, I did sure. hear that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yes, it's available. Uh, mm-hmm. but for me, 5G isn't real until I can get it at least most of the time, 80, 85%, 90% of the time that I want it. Otherwise, you know, I get a 10%, 15% of the time. So what? It's nice when I have it. And then I'm really frustrated when I get out of the coverage area. Doesn't it really depend, too, on the hardware? I mean, we're still sort of seeing, you know, on the Android side, at least devices show up that, that. You know, tout 5G. Apple has not yet come out with a, a 5G iPhone. We assume yet. that they will yeah. this year. But I mean, so, okay, let's say it's available now in the US in pockets. But if you don't have a phone that's capable of accessing it or a device capable of accessing it, it's still not really available. That's or, right. You know. e- exactly true. And and right now there are a handful or so of, of 5G available phones. You can get one from Timo, you can get one from Verizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samsung's got one. Oppo's got one. There are a few of them out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the problem is that most of them are very expensive. They're a thousand dollars plus. Yeah. And if you're going to buy a five G phone at a thousand dollars plus, and you only get five G coverage ten or fifteen or twenty percent of the time, you're probably going to be pretty disappointed. At mm-hmm. least I would be. Uh, so then the, the question becomes: Okay, so um, it's a chicken and egg thing. Uh, the carriers are all going to put five G in place for sure. They mm-hmm. have to. For a variety of reasons, it's not just because we want it, but for for capacity reasons and, and they want and it. the ability yeah. to do uh, network slicing and offer new services and all that kind of stuff. So it's going to be very important to them long term. But then the question becomes: When do I make the jump? Do mm-hmm. I do it now? Well, some people are going to do it now because they have to have the latest and greatest. Yeah. If you're going to replace your phone anyway, it's probably okay to start thinking about, okay, if I'm going to get a phone in the next couple of months, should I get one that already has 5G because I'm going to keep it for two years? Maybe. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of buying up to, to the future. Mm-hmm. But if you just got a new phone and all of a sudden you want a 5G phone and you, uh, uh, because you think you're going to get 5G, uh, you may not be getting it very quickly, does it really make sense to spend that kind of money? So, And, and it becomes even more of an issue for businesses, mm-hmm. right? Because businesses need to think about getting a return on their investment. So mm-hmm. if I'm investing in buying you guys each a 5G phone, what am I getting in return? It's $1,000 a head. All right, they'll get a better deal because they'll buy it in bulk. But there's still got to be a return on investment. So there, there are a lot of decisions around what do I buy you, when do I buy it, 
and what are you going to run on it that makes sense for me to give it to you anyway? Because for a lot of users, 4G is more than adequate. Mm -hmm. if, if I'm out in the field and I'm doing forms, I'm filling in forms, I'm sending a kilobyte worth of data back to the corporate environment. Does 5G really make that much difference over 4G? You know, microseconds, who, who's going to notice, right? Right. right. If you're... Um, if you really need real-time data, say you're doing telemedicine, you're in an ambulance or you're, you're at a fire and you need a map of the building, et cetera, a few seconds could actually make a huge difference. So that's mm -hmm. when the, the, the uh, lower latency, significantly lower latency and faster speed of 5G really makes a difference over 4G. Sure. But for a lot of users in the field, you know, it's it's kind of a gray area. So, so when do I upgrade? So businesses really need to think about when to upgrade uh, users, which is a different discussion uh, than, than a consumer. Consumer has a completely different ROI than, a, than an enterprise does. Right. Sure. And you made an interesting point there about um, when ambulance providers and first responders, and if I'm, please correct me if I'm wrong, but there's these private 5G networks for first responders, right? They are, uh, there are private networks for first responders. Mm -hmm. They're not yet 5G. They're going to be. Okay. Uh, FirstNet is an example. So uh, Sure. Uh, I, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. I think that uh, it's it's basically, and it's a great idea, it's basically a way for all first responders to interact with each other. Because today, with regular radios, first responders have their own network. So right. uh, town A and town B can't talk to each other very easily, right? Right. Uh, and so what they're doing is they're trying to put together a universal uh, network that says, I don't care if you're in town A, B, C, D, or F, uh, you can at least talk to each other because you need to be able to interact. It makes no sense to have isolated spots. Mm -hmm. That will eventually be 5G, but for right now, it's it's 4G. So the idea of a private network is not necessarily 5G related. You can have a private network now that will be upgraded when the network is upgraded, right? Yes. Okay. yes. Okay. There will be 5G ne uh, private networks. Mm -hmm. uh, for example, uh, mm -hmm. particularly 5G, and we haven't talked about low band versus high band, you know, sub-6 versus... I wanted to ask number. about that, actually. What What is the difference and in, in, in why, why should people care that there are different bands here? Oh, okay, and that's a great question, right? So, and, and and that gets to the spottiness of 5G coverage as well. Okay. So there are two generic bands. There are lots and lots of bands, but two generic bands for coverage for 5G and and and, and even 4G uh, as well. Um, there is uh, sub six. They call it sub six gigahertz, mm -hmm. which is where all the 4G and 3G. Is that basically the spectrum on which 5G networks will yes, work? Yes, sorry, okay. it's the spectrum. It's yeah. it's the frequency. So right. it's it, it's um, 2.1. It's it's uh, 600 megahertz, 800 megahertz, 900 megahertz. All the stuff we we've had on the older networks. Okay. Okay. Um, they they've gone up a little bit on higher frequency that we didn't have in the older networks, but it's still considered. It's called sub six gigahertz, uh, generically. Mm -hmm. And then there's millimeter wave. Mm -hmm. Millimeter wave is very high frequency. It can be, it, it's above six. It could be 12, it could be 20, it could be 30. It depends on, on which country you're in. They're even talking about 60 and 80 gigahertz now. Wow, okay. Wow. Yes. Uh, the, and, the, and the distinction is that the higher you get in frequency, the lower penetration you have through things like buildings, cars, bodies, windows, mm -hmm. roofs. So it's very hard to get a millimeter wave signal from outside into the building. If I'm sitting here at this table and try to get a, a millimeter wave signal from a tower that's or near the Mass Pike that's out on the Mass Pike, the chances are pretty good that I'm not going to get it. Very okay. good that I'm not going to get it. And a lot of the deployments um, in in major venues, so we talked about the, the Super Bowl, uh, mm -hmm. most of the, the uh, 5G deployments in 
places like the Super Bowl, in, in the stadiums and in buildings, and, and even in private networks, if you want to have something in your industrial setting, mm-hmm. are going to be millimeter wave. Okay. okay. So it's very high frequency. It works great. It's fast. It's reliable if, as long as you can get a connection, but it's not going to go through rooms. It's not going to go through your, you're not going to be able to get it and you pick it up in your car. Um, and, and so uh, the distinction uh, is also important because when you buy a phone, you have to understand if the phone has a modem in it that only works with sub six or also works with millimeter wave or only works with millimeter wave. And, and, and currently there are some phones out there who only work with one or the other, which okay. means that if your carrier has both, and, and will deploy both, and they will deploy both eventually. Then your phone won't work all the time on all of the uh, all of their uh, cell sites. So it gets huh. it gets actually gets a bit complicated. Now the good news is future phones will have both. Okay. Mm-hmm. Virtually all of them will. It's really just a question of the technology, the chip makers, you know, Qualcomm's, the MediaTek's, etc., catching up uh, with uh, uh, what's available, what's going to be deployed. That's an important distinction. I certainly didn't realize that. I mean, I knew that there were two different sort of types to say of 5G, but I didn't realize that your phone might only be able to use one and it really does depend on your carrier because Verizon is the carrier that's really deploying the millimeter wave, right? Uh, they're all going to do it, yes. So Verizon is a millimeter. AT and T is also doing. Everyone's going to do some millimeter wave. The question sure. is how much, right? Okay. So right now, uh, T-Mobile has done the most uh, at sub six. It's six hundred megahertz, right? Which they tout as being uh, better. It's it's better in the sense that it penetrates more. They have to mm-hmm. have fewer cell towers because you can you can uh, propagate the signal over relatively large distances. Okay. potentially a couple of miles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and that's a big deal. Um, they claim nationwide coverage too, which mm-hmm. if you have a 5G phone and you wander around, it sort of works. Mm-hmm. Um, they actually had an interesting demo. I was at an event in, in Hawaii about uh, in December, and they um, actually had 5G phones that they were doing. They, they had uh, lit up the uh, 5G network in, in, in Maui, and it actually worked really well. And then I came home with the phone and couldn't get it at my house, so... Couldn't get 5G to work in my house. Hate when that happens. You had you had mentioned something called network slicing uh, in passing. What is that? So one of the major major benefits of 5G uh, that is going to be pretty much invisible to users, but is going to be Mm -hmm. incredibly important longer term for everyone, including the network operators, is something called network slicing. And and what they're basically able to do is they're able to take so if so you have a, a full spectrum. Let's say you know your your uh, your signal is as wide as this table, let's say, mm-hmm. from from a speed perspective, latency perspective. Well, that's great. Uh, what if I don't need that? What if I'm running a water meter? What if I'm running a, a sensor in a farmer's field that wanted to monitor their temperature around the corner, how much uh, humidity was in there, went to water it, et cetera? The amount of data that's sending is, is nothing. It's Minuscule, trivial. It's, yeah. it's, it's tiny little amounts of data. And if you build a sensor with a full-blown modem that takes the full bandwidth – it gets very expensive, and mm-hmm. you have to pay the network operator a fairly high premium as well uh, because you're, you're taking a bandwidth. Right. What if I could take this full table and only give you, you know, a one, teeny little one-inch one right, one, slice, right, one inch slice of this of this table? Yep. I don't know if you can see it on the camera. Sorry, but yep. you know, this much instead of this much, right? And charge you pennies or a dollar, mm-hmm. dollar a month, and the modem chip now that you put in your in your device 
is much less expensive as well. So this is mm-hmm. this is IoT enablement. Everyone talks about IoT, but yeah. they have a special IoT slice uh, that they've already predetermined. So that's one possibility. The other possibility is that we talked about first net responders. Uh, one of the things that you can do is set up the the core of the network to always give Ken priority when he gets on. Okay. Why? Because it's it's mission critical. You know. Someone could and I'm die. paying for that, presumably. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. You're paying a premium for it, but right. I give you first dibs, yep. right? You go to the front of the line. It's like uh, TSA pre-check in, 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 in an airport, right? Got it. Or, or even better than that, actually. So one of the things that 5G really brings to fore is the fact that networks now are not just one network. They're multiple networks. There is a lot, a lot, a lot. I can't emphasize that much, too much. A lot of compute power that has to go into the core of the network to make the network work. And that allows the, the operators to do all kinds of great stuff. We talked about IoT. We talked about quality of service. They can do lots of different things about uh, pricing plans because I can I can segment what I give you. I can I can give you higher frequency or, or higher speed, lower speed, higher latency, lower latency, all kinds of stuff. There's just a lot of compute going on. Okay, that makes sense. Which is also, by the way, great if you're a provider of network equipment because. Right. All of these networks are going to be upgraded billions and billions of dollars. They're going to be making lots of money or expecting lots of money for this investment. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, I definitely want to touch on sort of these network infrastructure providers. But before we get to that, I do just want to remind our viewers on LinkedIn and YouTube that we are streaming live. So if you have any questions, be sure to leave them and we're going to get to them probably in a little bit. But so one of the topics that I talk about at length on the IDG Tech Talk channel is 5G deployment the network infrastructure needed and the vendors that are used. And one of like the really hot topic vendors right now is, of course, Huawei. Um, they are going to be excluded from U.S. 5G networks. But on the topic of global deployments, the U.K. has just said that they're going to allow Huawei in their yeah, non-critical that, yeah. 5G networks. Mm-hmm. So my sort of question is, why? Why would they choose that when they have this global pressure to not? Do you have any thoughts about that? Sure. Uh, and, and the answer is very simple. Huawei probably has more 5G capability than anybody else out there. Okay. So of, of really? The, of the really big networks operator, not operator, sorry, the, the network suppliers. Sure, the, yeah, the vendors. The, the vendors. It's basically Ericsson, Nokia, Samsung's coming on strong, mm-hmm. and Huawei. Huawei. Huawei, I can't say it, sorry. <laughs> <It's> Huawei <laughs> has the biggest share in the, if you look worldwide, the okay. biggest share of network uh, capability. Uh, and a lot of people go with them because of price and service. Okay. Basically. Uh, they are, they basically own the, the Chinese market. ZTE is there too, which is another Chinese company. Mm-hmm. But they're much smaller. So if you're deploying 5G in China, you're building a lot of equipment. Yeah. Um, so the econo- economics of scale start kicking in. And, and Huawei has done, it was, it's been very price aggressive, let's say, in a lot of, of areas. Um, now, is it or is it not a security risk? Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. yes and no, probably. Um, but I suspect that it's going to be very, very difficult to simply say on a worldwide basis, Huawei, you can't compete in 5G because most countries will will go along with it. There's a lot of pressure in the U.S. I think it's more political probably than, mm-hmm. than anything, but, you know, I, I there could be. Some, I'm, I'm sure there are legitimate concern, uh, security concerns as well, but probably overblown. 
And so they won't be going away. So you're going to see Huawei in the world um, competing aggressively with Nokia and Ericsson and others. Mm-hmm. Samsung's coming on, as I said, coming on strong. There'll be others out there as well. But the the um, there really aren't any U.S. vendors anymore. Cisco is doing something, but they're not. They're they're empowering the Nokias of the world. The Got Siemens, it. Uh, sorry, not the Siemens, but the the Ericsons of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and and I think that's the way it's going to shake out. Is there a danger that if the U.S. is trying to sort of keep Huawei out, that we might artificially suppress the move to 5G here in the U.S. over the next few years? Or is it there's enough competition that it really won't slow the rollouts here in the U.S.? Uh, I, I don't know that it'll slow the rollouts. I think it'll increase the cost. Okay. Because Great. anytime you limit the market. Sure. Right? Artificially. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think there'll be some of that. Uh, I don't think it'll have a major effect. Uh, I mean, okay. it's clearly good for Nokia and Ericsson, mm-hmm. uh, they love it. It, it. Samsung's starting to pick up some clients in the U.S. as well. They're, they did Korea, basically. They're they, you know because they're Korean, they're, yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. They have a leg up there, and you once you have an installed base, you can get a lot of expertise on what you should or shouldn't be doing. Uh, you learn a lot. Um, so I, I think the rollout will go very quickly. Um, I, I actually think the rollout in, in the U.S. will probably go faster than it does in Europe. Why is that? Really? Uh, because the uh, the Europeans tend to be well. There's there's a few things. Number one is you're dealing with a lot more vendors in Europe than you are in the U.S. Here we basically have three and a half primary vendors. <laughs> yeah, cellular vendors. Right. Cellular vendors, right? I mean, yeah. Sprint. I, I don't mean to belittle Sprint, but you know if if if, if Timo buys them and it's, I mean you know, they're, they're almost three. definitely merging right. at this right. point, right? Yeah. right. So, um, but in Europe, you know, each country not each country has their own, but there's probably a dozen that yeah. you have to deal with if you go across all of Europe. And then you have to deal with roaming. Mm-hmm. Roaming is going to be a big deal um, in Europe because if if you're Vodafone and you've you got strength, I'm making this stuff up, right? Yeah. If you've got strength in, in Italy and France and I go to Germany, then I have to switch over to Deutsche Telekom right? or my phone doesn't work because there is no Vodafone. So how do you set up the roaming and, and, and are, the, are the frequencies the same? And I mean, there's just a lot of- It sounds much more complicated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It really complicates yeah. everything. That's a good point. And I think probably just like you said, the, well, maybe not so much said, but maybe implied that the freedom to roam between borders, especially within Europe, which is, you know, the countries are much smaller than the U.S., you're going to run into a lot more issues as far as that. I think maybe before we get to viewer questions, I do just want to ask one more question of you, Jack. And this is a question that we get quite a lot on our YouTube channel. And as I think we're talking about sort of the how 5G, yep, it's going to be great. It's going to take a little bit to roll out. We do have quite a few questions or comments about the sort of alleged health risks of 5G because of the high frequency waves. The I think the thought is that these high frequencies could cause um, genetic mutations and therefore cause cancer or any other health risks. What exactly is the risk? Is there one? Or is this completely overblown? So uh, I, I guess I should have a caveat up front. I'm not a biologist. You're not a doctor? Yeah. 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 yeah, right. Okay. Having said that, from the studies I've seen and the work I've seen, look, um, there's always risk on sure. everything, right? You walk around with a Bluetooth headset and you're on your head all day long. Uh, you hold your phone, current phone up today. You have a microwave oven in your house, that emits waves. By the way, the power coming out of a microwave oven is, is 1,000 watts. Now it's supposed to be sealed and all other kind right. of stuff. The, the power coming out of a phone is 100 milliwatts. Uh, so, I mean, everything is relative. Right. Um, is it possible? Sure. We probably won't know for 20 or 30 years. 
because that's how long it takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, by then, I probably won't be around, so I, I could be wrong. But, but my guess is that, it, that for most people, it's relatively slim. Look, if you're worried about it, don't put the phone up to your head. Get a wired headset and hold the phone out here and, and use a mic yeah. and your phone. And then you're not holding it up to your head. Um, the honest answer, I think, is no one really knows. Mm-hmm. There have been some studies that suggest that there are some problems. Yes, the higher frequencies are, are worse, um, but they also don't penetrate uh, right. like the lower frequencies do. So it's it's a trade-off. Mm-hmm. So I don't think – I mean, I can't give you a definitive answer. I don't think anybody can there at this time. There is no definitive right. answer, it sounds mm-hmm. like. I, I think know. that's true. Okay. Got it. All right. Should we at, turn to questions and see uh, questions or comments from people who've been watching? Yeah, well, so, the, but the the harm, potential harm, that was a lot of questions, a lot of comments about that, but we've, we've just addressed that. Um, we've got a lot of viewers in India, and some are saying they don't even have 4G in some, in some places. 4G there or 5G? Yeah. I mean, Four. there's some places Four. in the okay. U.S. Yeah. that don't even have 4G. Yeah. And then right? some are saying, why 5G if we have 4G and it works well, or why aren't we working on 4G plus? Um, so just some comments about that, like why 5G when 4G is here? Uh, great question. So um, it, let me address it uh, in two ways. Uh, when you talk about 4G plus, uh, we've basically done that in in uh, in the U.S. and in, in Europe for a while now. It's it's LTE, LTE plus. It's <laughs> it's what Verizon called, uh, or sorry, what what, what um, AT&T called uh, 5G evolution. Oh yes, 5G that's, e. that's what 5G. I'm working yeah. on my phone. Yeah. Right. They like to throw that out there all yes. the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think the E stands for eventually more than evolution. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, but look, if if you're going to make a, an investment, if you're going to upgrade a network. Do you upgrade the network to something that is one generation behind, or do you upgrade the network to the, the current generation? Um, the cost is – I'm sure there's a difference in cost, but it probably over the, over the long-term scheme of things, it, it's probably not that big of a difference. And in fact, in greenfield environments, it makes a lot more sense to go to 5G than anything else right now because you're, you're basically uh, looking at uh, – future-proofing the network. You're going to have to upgrade it eventually. Why install an older network if you can just install the new network now uh, and do it? Now, I, I, I sympathize with, with India because for a long time they were on 2G and 3G networks. There still are some there. Mm-hmm. 4G is actually pretty prevalent, at least, in mo- again, it's one of these, it's in the big cities. Can you right. get in the rural areas? Probably not. Um, 5G will be the same way, but it makes no sense not to go to 5G because of the benefits to the, 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 the network operators will go to 5G no matter what, because of the benefits to their operating. To them. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Their operation cost will go down. Exactly. It goes back to the ROI point that we yes. talked about at the beginning. Yes. The, the, the network operators love what 5G brings. Everyone concentrates on the speed and the latency. What they concentrate on is the operations. Sure. The backend stuff. The OPEX, right? The, the, the ability to modify uh, operational expenses, the, the, the ability to, to modify what I bill you yep. and slice and dice it. Got it. Understood. Got it. More questions? Comments? Well, somebody did bring up developing countries and rural areas. So mm-hmm. it sounds like 5G would not be available there. What are their options? What are the options in rural areas? Uh, well, it's like all rural areas around the world. Um, it's, this isn't true just for, for, for wireless. It's true for wired, too. There are a lot of places mm-hmm. where you can't get cable. Um, and, in fact, you'll never get cable. Um, and so 
uh, people are, are, are looking at uh, putting up satellites. Elon Musk is, is putting up uh, low-orbiting satellites to try to bring uh, uh, internet connectivity to, to areas of the world where they, they don't have it, where they barely have electricity, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, rural areas um, is going to be a very difficult situation. You're probably not going to get – well, and, and, and the carriers, the, the operators don't want to put it in there because they can't make any money. You know, we've got three people per square mile. Right. How much can I charge you for my equipment? Yeah, not um, enough. Right. So there are schemes in place where they're trying to do this. We did this in, in the States as well. Um, mm-hmm. in, in, it's not just in the U.S., but in many countries, they're, they're putting a tax on um, the, the, your, your uh, internet connectivity so that it can pay for some of those rural areas. It's a fund, basically, and, and because the carriers aren't going to put it in without a subsidy, this is a subsidy. A subsidy. Um, but there are a lot of places in the world where it's going to be very difficult to get um, cellular coverage. There are other places in the world, however, where cellular is the only way they get coverage, right? There, there is no internet. There's no wired connectivity. Um, mm-hmm. And so people are walking around with phones in, in Africa and parts of India that, that that's their way to – they do business. They actually right. make a living on their phones. Even if it's a 2G phone, a 3G phone, it, if you can send a text, you can transfer money. Right. I can send you a PO via text. Texts are easy. I mean, you're, you're talking about literally bytes of data going out. Mm-hmm. It, it, if it takes three seconds, who cares? Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's not a simple um, issue. Uh, rural areas are, are a big deal because they're, they're, they're behind. But, you know, it's, it's economics. It's basically economics and government standing up and saying, no, this is important. We'll subsidize it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a question here about infrastructure. So someone's asking, mm. um, what's needed to change the present network infrastructure if we switch from 4G to 5G? That's a great question. A lot. <laughs> uh, and, and this has been going on for, for a long time, uh, for several years. Uh, what the, the older networks are basically run on uh, uh, products, uh, infrastructure products, switches, routers, and the like, that were single-purpose devices. Mm-hmm. You would go to whomever, I'll, I'll pick on Cisco, but you go to Cisco and buy a router, and that's what it did. It was a router. Uh, this is true not just for the, the carrier networks. It's also true for enterprise networks these days as well. Over the last couple of years, all of the carriers have been uh, upgrading um, to what's called software-defined networking and, and network virtualization, network function virtualization, NFV. And basically what that is is taking out the old equipment that was single-purpose built for a specific purpose – and replacing it basically with a, a white box PC server piece of hardware mm-hmm. with special plug-in functions on the back end. And so what that allows you to do is it allows you to program whatever you want that function to be into basically that Basically a smart, smarter network, right? Much smarter network, yeah, right. Yeah. It's a compute network. Right. It also allows you to add things like applications on top of it. it you can add uh, edge solutions. So at the mm-hmm. edge where the network interfaces with the, the, the radio, I can load applications. Uh, I can load security. I could put in, and they're already doing this, they're putting in AI types of systems so they can monitor what, what traffic looks like and they can, they can alter the needs as they, as they need to. Um, that's been going on for years. It's going to continue to go on. And in fact, 5G really doesn't work unless you go that route. Okay. That makes sense. Do we have any other questions? Yeah, Michelle? another question here. Um, how is 5G going to push hardware changes compared to what we use today? Um, it's going to be very interesting because it's going to make uh, a, make some big change. I'm assuming they're, they're, they're talking about the end user hardware changes uh, because we just talked about the core networks. Mm-hmm. 
5G is going to, uh, over time, it's not going to happen tomorrow, Mm -hmm. uh, over the next couple of years, uh, I estimate it's probably going to take two to three years. It's going to change the way we interact with almost everything. So, for instance, you've got PCs in front of you here. Yep. Uh, Today, we think about 4G, 5G as a phone. Mm -hmm. Um, In in three years, you probably will be hard-pressed to buy a PC uh, without a 5G modem in it. Really? Now, you may not want to pay for the service. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That becomes a question of, you know, talking to AT&T, Verizon, Vodafone, whoever, Timo, um, you want to charge me another 50 bucks on top of the 50 bucks you're charging me for each of my phones? I'm not going to pay it. So right. that, that's a, a pricing concern. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're going to have a chip in your, in, in your PC. Your car is going to have a 5G, 5G modem in it. And especially as we start getting to autonomous cars, yeah, you've got to have that kind of connectivity. For vehicle-to-vehicle connectivity. Vehicle-to-vehicle connectivity, yeah. vehicle-to-cloud connectivity, because there's mm-hmm. data that you're going to have to download. Uh, but certainly vehicle-to-vehicle, because you know, you're, walking, you're about to cross the street. i got to know that you're about to cross yes, the street. Yes, exactly. I hope the car knows that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's why latency is so important. Right. I, that, I can't yeah. wait 10 seconds. Split second right. and you're, yeah. It's, it's got to be milliseconds. Yeah, yeah if, that's another. If that. That's a great point. Uh, so there's a lot of stuff, uh, cameras, um, you know, your, your set-top box. You're probably going to have within the next year or two, uh, actually AT&T is already offering this, Verizon is already offering it as well. In, instead of having a cable come to your house with, with uh, internet service, you can have a 5G point of presence in, in your house that gives oh, you wow. internet service. It's fixed. It's not mm-hmm. meant to be like a phone. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's your alternative. It could even do, it's fast enough, probably could even do, some TV service, probably not as fast as a, you know, files come to your house. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So there'll be a lot of changes that, that 5G will bring. Okay. Wow. Maybe just one or two more questions. Two more. Yeah, two more. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Um, going back to network slicing, somebody would like to an example or a use case of what that is. Uh, okay. So let's assume that I have a, a full network bandwidth. I'll make up numbers here. Let's assume that it's one gigabit. The full bandwidth, if I wanted to take the entire bandwidth of the network that, that Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, Vodafone, whoever deployed, mm-hmm. I could get a full gigabyte uh, bandwidth, gigabits per second, and download videos in microseconds, right? Okay. That's great. If I take their full bandwidth, then they can't service anybody else. They're only servicing me. Right. They'll let me do that, but I'm going to have to pay for that, mm-hmm. right? Now, if... The carrier decides, okay, um, Jack wants to download a video, and Ken wants to download a video, and and the rest of the world wants, you know, a hundred people all want it all at once. Yeah, I've still got the same bandwidth. The, the full bandwidth isn't it doesn't change, but I can limit the amount of data I give you based on where I charge you. Mm-hmm. So it's premium pricing, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want more, you pay for more. If you want less, you pay for less. Um, and and that's attractive for for. For consumers. Who but have all, money. Yeah. yeah. But it's also attractive for industry because, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, yeah. if, if you're a meter reader, you, you know, you I, 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 well, I'm not going to spend $15 a month to outfit your meter so I can ro- re- remotely read it. That's, you know, half your, your water bill right. or whatever. Yeah. Right. But a buck, 50 cents, then I don't have to have somebody actually walk to your house and read the meter. So that's when it becomes really interesting. Um, uh, telemedicine. You want all the bandwidth you can get because you've got to get yeah. data out there and you've got to go fast. Uh, I'm sending a picture to, to YouTube. It doesn't matter if it's Probably takes... not mission critical. Right. No. And, and that's, that's also why we had to go to the software-defined core because that's the only way you'd be able to, to slice, to slice it, it that way. Okay. Great. Wait, one more question. What does 5G mean to system integrators? 
Oh, uh, good question. Uh, it means a lot of work. Um, And and I'll tell you why I I was only being a little facetious there. Uh, Because if you look at 5G from an enterprise perspective, most enterprises are not in a position to maximally use 5G today. Most of the apps that they have in place are designed, if they're mobile apps, right, if they're designed for using um, relatively slow speeds, relatively small amounts of data. But there are a lot of ways that enterprises longer term are going to use the the high bandwidth, low latency of of 5G. Uh, AI is a great example. Um, You're you're a salesman in the field. uh, Let's say you're a trade show. You just went to CES. And 50 people just walked by your booth. And you want to pick out the the one or two of those 50 that are going to be able to actually buy something from you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are lots of different ways to do that. but you want to have, you're not going to do, you're probably not going to do it locally. You're going to have to send some stuff to either the edge. We haven't even talked about the edge yet because that's a huge part of 5G coming, uh, going forward or the cloud. Um, 5G lets you to do, let you do that, but you have to build an app. So from a systems integrator's perspective, there's a couple of areas. One, there's going to be a lot of apps that need to be upgraded to take advantage of the, the, the higher speed because the, a lot of apps are optimized for low speed today mm-hmm. or, or relatively low speed. So that's number one. Number two is the network infrastructure uh, enterprises may change um, in the sense that how do I build a connectivity between 5G and what I've got already in place? So my, my wired Ethernet, for instance. Mm-hmm. And the third piece is from an IT perspective, uh, it's not quite a systems integrator, but it's still I, I, IT support issues. There are going to be support issues. When you go to any new technology, there are always support issues, which is also part of the ROI issue for for enterprises. Mm -hmm. I know you're going to have issues. It's a new technology. You're going to have issues. How do I pay for that? Or or why should I pay for that? What's it going to cost? What's it going to cost? We don't really know yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And what's the return if I do it? Mm -hmm. Uh, If it costs me $50 to support you on 5G and I only get a $5 return, why am I doing it? Mm -hmm. Losing money. (laughs) Yes. Well, you make it up in volume. Right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Great. Good. So... Um, one, just one, one yeah. qu- I'm sorry, one quick point because we get three seconds worth of yeah. this, right? Yeah. We didn't talk about the edge. That could yeah. be a topic in and of itself. We want to come have you come back. Okay. And I think we should yeah. do an, an entire show because there's so much around 5G. <laughs> there's so much. That it, you know, it's impossible to do in one just one, one episode. Yeah, we can't possibly talk My about pleasure. it all. But edge, 5G. We'll have you back. We'll have you okay. back. Yeah, exactly. Right. So tons, so, tons and tons of information. There, sitting Jack. on edge waiting for We're the on the edge yeah. for 5G. <laughs> but no, thank you so much for, for all the insights, both in terms thank of you. like, you know, the, the infrastructure and what companies have to deal with and think about. Uh, Julia, thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Quick reminder, if you're watching us, uh, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching us on LinkedIn Live, please follow that page. Just a reminder, we have a Twitter chat coming up on Thursday from noon to one. Uh, the hashtag is IDG Tech Talk, hashtag IDG Tech Talk, uh, talking about 5G. And uh, next week, uh, in honor of Valentine's Day, we're going to take a yes. look at uh, technology we love. Uh, Juliet and I will be here with Michael Simon. So uh, think about that and come visit us next week and tell us what you like. Uh, Jack, thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thanks, everybody, for watching. That's it for now.